You're listening to Center Church Podcast. At Center Church, we strive to keep Jesus at the center of everything we do. You're about to hear a message from our pastor, Matthew Edwards. But before you do, we want to invite you to visit our website at centercharlotte.org. There you can sign up for our weekly emails and receive new content as we release it. Secondly, we want to invite you to visit our pastor's blog at matthewedwards.cc. And finally, if this podcast ministered to you in any way, go ahead and subscribe and you'll be the first to know when we release more content in the future. Thanks for listening in and be blessed. This year, the Lord said, I want you to have a hearing heart. Um, and I want you to ask me for a hearing heart every step of the way. And I had this moment where I just felt impressed from the Lord that if you knew, that you knew, that you knew, that you were hearing directly from the Lord for every decision you were going to make, wouldn't you try to make more decisions? So that said, I thought, you know what? Let's take advantage of the time and of the season. In fact, let's open up in prayer and we'll dive into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus, that uh, we're two or more gathered. You're here. And Father, even as the word was spoken this morning behind closed doors, I thank you that everyone who is here this morning, you have something for everyone who's here. And Father, I thank you that no one will walk out of here missing what you have. Father, that everyone would get exactly what they need from you this morning. And Jesus, I thank you that no one came to see me. We all came to receive from you. We all came to receive from you. So, Father, by your grace, I thank you that you won't disappoint. I thank you, Father, that you will feed everyone on more of Jesus and a greater revelation of the cross. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. So anyways, that said, um, and I wasn't trying to tie that into the message, but if you have your Bible, you can open up to Mark chapter four, but I'm going to start in Ecclesiastes chapter three. Now we're only going to be here for one verse, but I just want to start here just to kind of lay the groundwork of what we're going to be discussing. You said you could turn to Mark chapter four, but we're going to start in Ecclesiastes chapter three and just giving you a quick heads up. Um, one more time, a quick reminder, the word for the Lord, the theme for this year was this would be a year of what? Of a hearing heart. Wow, you weren't even here. You, this will be the year of a hearing heart. You will have a hearing heart. And the Lord said, if you ask me for it, I'll give it to you. If you ask me for it, I will give it to you. And we saw in First Kings that Solomon said, God, uh, for years, I always thought he said, God, give me wisdom. But actually what he said was, God, give me a heart with ears. Literally, God, give me a heart that can hear you. And what I love is that God's response wasn't, yes, I will give you a hearing heart. God's response was, I will give you discernment and understanding. In other words, God's always talking. You're just not always listening. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you discernment so that you'll be able to hear my voice over all the noise. So I was so impressed. And the Lord said, son, ask me for a hearing heart. Ask me for it. Um, and there's so much to just break apart and all that. We could do that for the next month and a half. We won't. But uh, there's a lot to share and a lot to do. But anyways, let's get to it this morning. We'll start in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. And just this one verse, you know, I don't like having one verse out of context. I hate that. Uh, but you can read Ecclesiastes 3 for yourself. This was a man who was sim- somewhat depressed. The wisdom of God has come to him. And all of a sudden, he's has too many women in his life uh, that were not serving the Lord. And they're pulling him every different direction. And keep in mind, Solomon was the one to bring in doctors. And all this time, the Lord had been a healer to his people. Solomon brought in doctors. And all of a sudden, you start realizing the more he starts trusting what he can see, all of a sudden, God can't do as much as he wants for his people. And out of everything that Solomon does towards the end of his life, he writes Ecclesiastes. And the whole book of Ecclesiastes, he says this countless times, a man under the sun. All these things are under the sun. This is true for people who are under the sun. He says it's good for a man to work his job and eat the fruit of his labor. This is God's gift to him under the sun. And everything that he says in Ecclesiastes is always under the sun. But you and I are not under the sun. 
we are seated in heavenly places. So Ecclesiastes is somewhat of a depressing book, but he still has the wisdom of God. And so Ecclesiastes is a powerful book if you understand what is for you and what is not. Everyone still with me? So Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. And again, I just one verse. He says to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. One more time to everything. There is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Now, keep in mind, there is always a season for something. There's always a time for something. And if you understand the season you're in, you can take advantage of it. Like I said, um, I think two weeks ago, I had no idea that 79 actually was the picture of eyes. That the Jewish year that we were in, 5779, I had no idea that it was eyes. But like I said two weeks ago, every time I would preach on seeing the Lord, every time I would share about seeing Jesus, there just seemed to be almost like a confirmation from the Holy Spirit. Yes, stay in this, stay in this. And what I didn't know coming out of that year was the reason why there was a stronger anointing, I think, for those, that message was because that's the season we were in. We were in a season of God saying, I want you to focus on what you see. Focus on what you see. Be very careful what you put in front of your eyes. So now as we left 5779 on the Jewish calendar and we step into 5780, all of a sudden now we're in a decade of speaking. Now I'll get more to that later, but that's irrelevant. But my point is, if you understand the time and the season, you can take advantage of it and get more out of it. So I want to be very careful about what we do. Uh, Again, there's a time and a season for everything. Do you know that we are in a season of grace? Okay. The New Testament is a season of grace. If you were to preach the law before Jesus came, there would be an anointing for that. (laughs) But once Jesus came, he said, I didn't come to do away with it. I came to fulfill it. Now that it's been fulfilled, it moves to the side. Grace comes in. If you continue to preach the law, there's no anointing for that. But if you preach grace, there's an anointing. So we take advantage of the season and the times we're in. Amen. Cool. So let's look at this in Mark chapter four. Again, this is the season of uh, this is a year of the hearing heart. We saw this last week, but I want this to be our foundational text for this morning. In Mark chapter four, Jesus says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And again, this comes right after he finishes the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now notice what you hear and what you receive are one and the same. In fact, the Lord gave me this last November. He said, and this was, I just, I was so impressed by it. He said, son, the way you receive, you've gotten it all wrong. You think you have to say it X number of times and then you receive it. He said, that's not how you receive. And he took me to this verse. So I've waited for this Sunday. He said, notice one more time, take heed what you hear. Then he says, with the same measure you use, in what way? And how you hear, it will be measured to you. Then he says, and to you who hear, more will be given. So notice, how does God get something into your hands? You hear it. He said, son, if you want to receive, you just have to hear. The way to receive is not try to talk yourself into thinking you've gotten it. The way to receive is just to hear. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Now, again, I love when the Lord gives us a revelation because whenever the Holy Spirit gives you a truth, it makes life more simple. (laughs) Aren't you glad you didn't get something else to do this morning? He makes it simple. You want more? Hear more. You don't want you don't want more? Then don't hear more. The same measure you give, it will be given. People who are hearing, they will have more. People who are not hearing, they'll have less. But the same measure you use, to that same degree, you'll get more. I love it. Then he comes to verse 25. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Again, whoever has, 
I have something. What does that mean? I'm listening. So guess what? More will be given. But whoever does not have, the one who's not listening, even what he has will be taken away from him. So again, the Lord is saying hearing is important. And if you want more, I want you to hear more. Now, in the year where God is saying, ask me for a hearing heart. Right now, we're just focusing on the word right now. All right. We'll get to the hearing heart later on. But right now we're focusing on the word. If you want more, we just have to hear more. Now, I'm not preaching to you as if I have already arrived. I've not. I've not arrived by any stretch of the imagination. But for me, this was all the more confirmation. Hear more. Hear more. In churches where people don't talk about healing, guess what? Nobody gets healed. In churches where people don't talk about prosperity, guess what? Everyone stays poor. So you know what? Let's cover all our bases. <laughs> Let's cover all our bases. And if you need something that, hey, man, Matthew touched on that last week. Go back and get it and hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, and keep hearing it. And in fact, I'm so excited because when I found this, the Lord took me to a place. He said, son, I want you to touch on some things that you haven't touched on in a while. And I said, yes, go back to the basics. So we'll do that soon. I don't know. It's going to be an exciting year because I already have from the Lord five different things that I felt from the Lord. These are things I want you to touch on early in 2020. So I'm excited, man. Oh, it's going to be a good year. But anyways, he wants you to have a hearing heart. And to everyone who is hearing, you will get more. To everyone who is hearing, you will get more. And everyone said, amen. Now, look at this in Romans chapter 10. I just want to build this for a moment. We're going to move on to something. But in Romans chapter 10, let's read a little bit. The Apostle Paul says in verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Notice he did not say they might be. They will be. He said they what? Shall be. There was a group of scholars who came together and they, uh, about a century ago, about 100 years ago. And they said, what is the most powerful word in the English language? That when that word appears, you can make no mistake. And guess what it was? Shall. Whenever God uses the word shall, it's always intentional. He's saying there is no way around it. You call on me, you will be saved. All right. And it's not just salvation. It's whatever you need. You call on me, you will be saved. How then? Now, I love Paul. Now, notice the Apostle Paul is dealing with the same thing that preachers in 2020 are still dealing with to this day. All right. Now, I'm grateful for. Let me say this carefully. I'm grateful for the Internet. I'm grateful for the podcast. But. Let's look at what Paul says. Verse 14, he says, how then shall they call on him, Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now notice, what, is all of, what does it all come to? I want you to call on Jesus. But it all comes down to verse 14, that last phrase, hearing, hearing, hearing. You can know it, but if you're not hearing it, you'll never call on him. I know a lot of things about the Bible, but I have to go back and hear it and hear it and hear it. Likewise, we have to go back and hear it and hear it. Then you come to verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? This is for me. I love this part. How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Those are my feet. Don't tell my wife that. She thinks they're ugly, but it's not important. Who bring glad tidings of good things. (laughs) Then verse 16. Now notice he's talking about who in verse 15. Preachers, preachers. Then he comes in verse 16 and says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Now notice, and I put this here on purpose. Notice obedience and believing are one and the same. Do you see that? Look at this. They have not obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. He didn't say they have. He didn't say they have not obeyed your commands. He said they have not obeyed your gospel. 
Because in the New Testament, obedience is not what you do. Obedience is what you believe. When you believe the truth, God says, thank you. You have been obedient. You are obedient. Even if I do the wrong things, yes. Abraham made mistake after mistake. But as far as God was concerned, Abraham was obedient because he believed what God said about him. Even when he pulled up the knife to kill Isaac, he didn't actually have to do it. God wanted to see that he believed it. And because he believed it, God said, thank you for doing it. But he didn't do it. You're absolutely right. Because in the New Testament, it's not what you do. It's what you believe. Do you believe the truth? Because if you believe the truth, God says you are obedient and you should be rewarded for being obedient. Amen. Now watch this one more time. Verse 16. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Do you know what this is a quote from? Does anyone know? What chapter in Isaiah does anyone know? 53? How did you know that? Isaiah 53, I won't open. Isaiah 53, do you know what Isaiah 53 is all about? About the servant that God was in. And Isaiah 53, he says, who has seen the arm of the Lord? Who's seen God's weapon? Who has seen God roll his sleeve up and seen God's weapons of mass destruction, right? <laughs> who has seen the arm of the Lord? And then he goes on just a few verses later to say, by his stripes, we were healed. So the context that he's referencing, he says, they've not all obeyed our gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who's believed our report? God wants you healed. Paul was saying, hey, the same thing that the Christians are suffering with in Galatia, in Philistia, the same things in Ephesus, you're also struggling with in Romans. I'm sorry, no, I'm saying in Rome. <laughs> and he writes the book of Romans to say there are people who are sick. And God is saying not everyone has obeyed the gospel. Why? Because not everyone is believing what we're saying. And what are we saying? By his stripes, you were healed. So he writes his letter saying the same thing Isaiah went through, I am going through. And the same thing Paul saying he's going through, all of us are going through because we all know somebody who we're saying, man, God just wants you healed. Stop saying that, well, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Stop saying that, well, this came because I did something. Stop looking at yourself and look at Jesus. Not everyone has believed the truth that Jesus really did do it all. So what does he say? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, in the Greek, it looks like in the, in the English, it looks like faith comes by hearing comma and that hearing comes by the word of God. And we talked about before. God is not the word theos, which is God. It's the word Christos, which is Christ. But we've talked about this before. The word hearing comma and hearing is actually faith comes by hearing and hearing comma. Do you get it? Faith does not come by what you've heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. If I'm finding it hard to receive something from God, what do I need to do? Go back in. Hear it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, Jesus looked at the woman who, uh, with the issue of blood, right? He turned around, looked at her and said, daughter, your what has made you whole? Faith has made you whole, right? Your faith made you whole. But when you go back, you say, well, she never heard Jesus because that was her first encounter with him that we know of. She never heard Jesus preach. But you know what the Bible says about her? She heard about him. So whatever she heard, she said to herself, the faith, she never talked about faith one time. She never looked at her own faith and never said, do I have enough faith? I hope I do. So I'm going to go try this. She never mentioned faith one time. She heard about Jesus and the faith she needed came inside of her. I'm telling you in 2020, if you will hear about Jesus, that's all you need to do. Hear about Jesus. Just I'm serious. Be intentional about hearing about Jesus. Because I believe God is making a very distinct difference. 
I believe a couple years ago, and this is just me off the record. I believe a couple years ago, God drew a line. I'm, I'll do that. And I'm using this figuratively. God drew a line. And if you remember in the story of Abraham, not Abraham, I'm sorry, Moses and Korah. Do you remember that story? Korah rose up against Moses and Aaron. Actually, it's more so against Aaron. He said, who is Aaron that he thinks he can lead all of us? Doesn't he know that we all serve God too? And Moses said, who is Aaron that you should come against him? <laughs> so they went before God and they said, let's have a test. Now, when the test was finished, God said, Aaron is the one. But they didn't like God's answer. So they said, who do you think you are? And God said, Moses, tell him, stand back. Moses drew a line and said, everyone who stands with Korah, you go on that side. And everyone who stands with me and God, you stand on this side. And Korah and all his family and all the possessions were on one side of the line. And whoever was with Korah, they all sided with him. Whoever stood with Moses, they all sided with him. And that day, do you know what God did? God opened the ground and swallowed Korah. (laughs) God opened the ground and swallowed Korah. Now, what am I saying? There was a amount, there was a certain amount of time that when the line was drawn, that it was said out loud. If you stand with him, stand on that side. But if you don't stand on this side, are you with me? Now, do you know that everything Korah touched, everything that that was affected when God opened the ground and swallowed him, that God said, put those in my house because they're holy. Anytime judgment falls, anytime judgment hits something, it becomes holy. That's why, listen, we don't preach that your sin is forgiven. God doesn't think about. No, you were judged. That's why you are holy in Christ. That's why you are separated. You're not trying to be holy. You are holy because the the judgment of God fell on you. But it fell on you where? In Jesus Christ. So now you are not holy by what you do. You are holy by where you are. And everyone said, likewise, I believe the amount of time it took for people to decide, hmm, am I going to stand with Korah? Do I think what he's saying is good or am I going to side with Moses who God has affirmed time and time and time again? And I'm not saying that I am the one that God has affirmed. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there is a message of grace that God is saying time and time and time again in his word. This is truth. This is truth. This is my son. Either you side with him or you side with everyone else who refuses to preach my son. And I'm telling you at some point, I'm not saying the ground will open up. But I'm saying you will see ministries begin to collapse under the weight of the earth. That was my two cent. <laughs> All right. Let me get off the soapbox for a minute. <laughs> and I mean it. There's amount of time. And I, I believe that with all my heart. And I think in 2020, you're going to see even more, even more. God is saying people who refuse to talk about my son. I say it all the time. I got into a long conversation with people at work. We'll cut all this out the podcast. I, I got into a long conversation with some people at work and I never mentioned their names. We never mentioned what we see. But I said, you know, it's sad that you can preach a 35, 25, 45 minute sermon about you, all the things you can do to be a better person, all the things you can do to change your life. And then at the end of it, say, oh, by the way, if you want to receive Jesus, here's the altar call. You just told me everything I need to do. Why do I need Jesus? I don't need him. (laughs) There is a message of grace that says, look, let go of people who are hurting you. Now let's look at Jesus. There is a message of grace that says, hey, look, Yes, you need to do these things. Paul told the believers how to live. He told them these are the things you should be doing. But he never left them on their own. He showed them Jesus first because the power to live a victorious life does not come by doing. It comes by seeing Jesus. And your doing is a response to what you see in him. When you see it in him, you'll find yourself doing it. And when Paul wrote what to do, he's saying, if you find yourself doing these things, you have responded accordingly. Keep up the good work, believer. (laughs) Keep seeing Jesus. And everyone said. Ten references later. Where are we at? (laughs) 
So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go back to the message. Anyways, faith comes by hearing. So again, it's not what you do, it's what you hear. It's not what you do, it's what you hear. Say, it's not what I do. It's what I hear. One more time. Say, it's not what I do. It's what I hear. What are you hearing? Are you hearing grace or are you hearing works? Are you hearing grace or are you hearing law? What are you hearing? When you're hearing law, you know that law says, look at you. But when you're hearing grace, grace says, look at me. Look at Jesus. And everyone said, now watch this in the book of Acts chapter 14. Did you know that in Acts chapter 13, and I'll show you this in just a moment. In Acts chapter 13, the apostle Paul is preaching. And you get one of Paul's sermons. And I used to think back in the early days, my sermons are too long. Then I read one of Paul's sermons and I felt better. And they said, and the funny thing is they didn't, he wasn't even the preacher. They preached a whole sermon. And at the end of the sermon, they realized they had a guest. And they said, hey, would you like to say something, brother? And he was probably wearing his tallit, showing that he could speak in the synagogue. So they said, brother, do you have anything to say? And he had admonishment for the people. Never should have done that to Paul. Paul stands up, takes the microphone. No microphone. He stands up and says, brothers and children of God. And he starts preaching another message. And he finishes preaching. He says this, know this, that through Jesus, you have been justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. And all of a sudden, all these Jewish believers go, what in the world did he say? And they get excited and they believe what Paul said was true. Now, after that, the Jewish teachers realize the people are siding with Paul. So they go and they start lying to the people who love what Paul is saying and they cause confusion and they start causing all kinds of problems. And before they know it, Paul and I think Barnabas or Silas, I can't remember, but he has to leave. It was Silas, Paul and Silas, they have to leave. So now they're on the run. But you get this awesome message that the, 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 the highest point of his sermon was what? Jesus has justified you by faith. Jesus has made you right with God by faith. So I love Thank you, Paul. <laughs> then after all that, we come to Acts chapter 14. It says, now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. And so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Now put this in gold. You know why? If Paul is preaching grace, how could their minds be poisoned? What is a poisoned mind? Think about it. To turn back from grace and go back to the law is a poisoned mind. Anyone who starts in grace and goes back to the law, that's a poisoned mind. To go back to a mindset that says, look at me, look at all my failures, look at all my successes, look at me. Anything that references you and tells you to look at yourself, that is a poisoned mind. Verse 3, therefore they stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord. They said, you're trying to poison the minds of the believers that we just conquered. You know what? <laughs> we're going to stay here longer and we're going to preach louder. And notice what it says. They spoke boldly in the Lord, the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his law. <laughs> the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his what? Grace. Grace. Granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Notice God says, if they're going to try to attack what you're preaching, Fine. I'll show them. Just like Korah and Moses, they want to come against you, then I'll show them that this is the truth. Keep preaching grace. Keep preaching grace. And I will affirm it. I will confirm it. Every time someone sick comes around, hey, you keep preaching. You preach more bold, and I'll make sure that I respond for you. Don't worry about the miracles. They'll come. You just keep preaching grace. <laughs> so look at this in verse 4. It says, but the multitude of the city was divided. Part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. Why? Because part of them are seeing miracles are happening. Surely God is in this. But the other part are probably so theologically astute that they say, we don't understand grace. So maybe we shouldn't follow it. 
And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with the rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region. Now watch this. And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leapt and walked. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of man. Now, I want you to see something. Look, look right here in verse nine. I'm sorry. Look at verse eight one more time. And we'll read down to nine. In Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. The Holy Spirit said it in three ways. I want you to know that this man could not walk. (laughs) This man was not just tired today. He wasn't occasionally in a wheelchair. No, this man had no strength in his feet, so he was sitting down. He was a cripple from his mother's womb. He had never walked on his legs. All right. Now you understand the context. Look at verse nine. This man heard the indicative active. Now I'm showing you this on purpose. The indicative active. What did he hear? Paul speaking. What did Paul say? The grace of God, the gospel. Paul observing him intently and seeing, seeing that phrase in the Greek actually says he saw. Paul saw that that he saw that he had faith to be healed. Also, the indicative active. When I saw this straight away, man, I got so excited. You know what it means? The indicative active. It means this. In the Greek, there's really no end to it. There's really no end. What it is is this. This man in the Greek, it should actually say this man is hearing Paul speaking. So Paul observed him intently. Paul is seeing that he has faith. In other words, as far as God is concerned, if you are hearing the word, God says, I see no end to the faith that you have. To the extent that you hear, you have an endless amount of faith. (laughs) Man, I got excited. The indicative active happens in both moments. You need something from God? What is your miracle? No matter how impossible it is, this man had never stepped on his own legs before. Never. And what did God say? Because he is hearing Paul, he does have faith. Still to this day. Now you say, well, Matthew, that story happened over 2,000 years ago, most likely. You're absolutely right. But did you know that in Galatians, the Apostle Paul says about Abraham, he says, you are blessed with believing Abraham. Did you know that? In the New King James, it says it like that. You are blessed with believing Abraham, meaning Abraham believed God back then. But in God's presence, God says, Abraham is still believing me the same exact way. Likewise, the moment you step out in faith and say, it's not me, it's Jesus. God says, I'm blessing you the same exact way. There is no end to the faith. So there is no end to the reward. And everyone said, amen. Now, let me bring you to something. Let me show you this verse and we'll move on. And I'm going to close in just a few minutes. Galatians chapter 3, he says, Paul, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? When you received Christ, what did you do? You just believed. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And sinner church, what's the answer? The hearing of faith. One more time, the miracles that happen... Any miracle that ever happens will never happen to you, for you, or around you because of anything you've done. Every single miracle will happen because you are hearing. No miracles? Hear more. (laughs) Want less miracles? Stop hearing. (laughs) But hear more. You'd be surprised what God can get done. I'm telling you, and I almost wanted, when, when I got the word from the Lord, a hearing heart, 
I struggled because I wanted to call, I wanted to name it Restful Increase. Some of you know I would have been stealing straight from Joseph Prince, straight from him. About, what was it, eight, nine years ago, he, he, the theme for his church was restful. And I wanted to name this year the, the year of restful increase. But the Lord said, no, it's a hearing heart. It's a hearing heart. I want my people to know that if they will hear, they'll just hear. They'll get it. They will get it. And let me say it like this. You shall get it. Whatever you need, you shall receive it. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, let me bring this to a close on the down end. In fact, let me show you Leviticus in one more, one more place. Watch this in Leviticus chapter 5. Now, I'm showing you this for a reason. If you remember a couple of months ago, I'm sorry, a couple of weeks ago, we did our series on the five offerings. Do you remember that? Watch this. I don't know if you noticed this or you remember this, but watch this. God says, if a person sins in the hearing, and sorry, in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of the matter, if he does not tell it, he bears guilt. Now notice, this person sins in what? Hearing something. Hearing something. This is the year of hearing. Now let me say this. Do you know the same way you receive from God, many times it's the same way you receive from the world. In this way, God says, you want to receive from me? All you need to do is hear. Likewise, if you listen to the world too long, guess what? You'll receive something from the world. And many of us have received things that we never wanted to receive. But if the truth was known, it's because we lent our attention to the wrong avenues, to the wrong places. If you continue to listen to sick people, sick people all day, don't be surprised when all of a sudden you get sick. If you watch commercials all the time that say, if you have these symptoms, you might have, you know, guess what? One day when you start having those symptoms, you can't say, oh, my God, God, how did I get this? Because you keep listening to the wrong voices. Stop listening to the wrong voices. Now, knowing that the same way you receive on one side is also true for the other. That's how you receive on the other side. Are you with me? So what is God saying? If you sin in hearing, you can sin in hearing. But I want to show you, I want to show you how God is so eager to save you. Watch this. He says, if you sin in the hearing by hearing something or you're a witness to something, and if you know of the matter, he says, if you don't tell what you hear, you are guilty. You're guilty. Now watch this in verse three. We skip verse two. Verse three, it says, or if you touch human uncleanness, whatever uncleanness with which a man may be defiled. And if he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, you shall be guilty. Now, when I saw this, I've known this for a while. I've never shared it in church before, shared it in a Bible study here and there. You know that defilement in the New Testament has really nothing to do with what you physically do. Defilement is what you believe. Did you know that? Defilement is what you believe. Every time you touched a wrong sermon, every time you heard something you should not have heard, every time you gave the wrong preacher your ears and your attention, you become defiled. Now, let me say this. God loves you so much. He will deal with the leader. God will deal with the one. He will deal with him. But as far as you are concerned, God says, I have to set you free because there's a guilt and there's something on you that makes you feel unclean. You are not unclean, but that person made you feel unclean. You know that when Peter was supposed to go preach to the Gentiles, he couldn't do it. So God had to give him a vision. And in the vision, he said, go eat all these things. And Paul said, I'm sorry, Peter said, I would never eat something that's unclean. And God said, don't call unclean what I call clean. What is he saying? It's not about food. Don't call my people unclean when I have cleansed them by the blood of Jesus. Don't tell my people that there's more to do when I have done all the work for my people. Don't tell them that they are sinners when they are really the righteousness of God in Christ. Stop giving them to do list when I have told them that the work is finished. 
But what happens is when you receive that message, you become defiled, not because of not in far as God's concern, but in yourself, you begin to see yourself defiled. You begin to see yourself unclean and I have to do something to make myself clean. And God is saying again in 2020, I will deal with those leaders. I will deal with those people who are hurting my sheep. I will deal with them. But as far as you are concerned, how does God fix it? Do you know that Leviticus 5 is all about the trespass offering? And do you know in the trespass offering, God says in the very last verse, I didn't put it up here, but in the very last verse, God says this in the trespass offering, the priest will bring the offering and the priest, he for you in your place, the priest will stand for you and he will offer up 100% and add one fifth to it for you. And when I saw this, I'm telling you, I had to add it this morning because the Lord told me this at three o'clock in the morning. He told me this, son, every wrong thing that you picked up from hearing the wrong people for you, not for everybody in Charlotte, but for you, I will reverse everything for you. And I will add one fifth to it. You received some bad things in 2019 because you were listening to the wrong people. And the Lord said, I'm telling you, let's start with a clean slate. Oh, and by the way, let me add one fifth to you. Because you heard things you should not have heard. You observed some things you should not have observed. But don't worry. Don't worry. I love you so much. I'm going to take all that off the table for you. Give you 20% on top of it. Let's start fresh. Are you ready for 2020? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm coming to an end. This is my last references. Last references. I was uh, at the end of 2019. I'll tell you this. At the end of 2019, that last service, I really wasn't planning on preaching at all. What I was going to do was come in, share a verse. Okay, let's go home. Praise the Lord. 2020 is right around the corner. And then I saw um, my friend come in. I'll cut this out. I saw my friend come in, and I was like, oh, man. He said, yeah, brother, our church shut down for the day. I wanted to come and hear the word of God. And I was like, <laughs> I wasn't planning on preaching, man. So I told, I told the bishop, I said, yeah, I only have one verse, man. He said, one verse, one, one reference. No, I said, one verse. Three references later, he was like, what happened to one verse? So now I'm conscious of it. These are my last references, okay? Anyways, James chapter 1. Now I want to show you something, and we've, we've talked about this before, but I'm going to close with this because I want to make sure we cover our bases, all right? James chapter 1, look at this in verse 21. James says this, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. One more time. Receive with meekness the implanted word. Not the list of things to do. Receive with meekness what? The implanted word of God. How do you receive that? By doing what? Hearing it. (laughs) Receive the implanted word. 22. Oh, but by the way, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Oh, now do you know that Martin Luther, the one who nailed the 99 thesis, he actually struggled with James so much. He said, I don't think James should be included in the Bible, the New Testament. So he took the book of James out. Now, praise God for more light and revelation. You don't want to take this book out because you don't understand it. Regardless, verse 22, he says, hey, you need to receive the word, but don't just be a hearer, be a doer. So it looks like, hey, Matthew, wait, wait, wait a second. Hearing is the greatest thing we can do. But James says, no, don't hear, be a doer. How do we reconcile the two? Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Notice not what he looks like, what kind of man he was. Now watch this. Verse 25, 
But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, the perfect law of freedom and continues in it. He looks into the perfect law of freedom. What is freedom? Freedom is, hey, whether I make the right choice or the wrong choice, you'll never judge me for it. Freedom is I can come in and out. I'm using the bishop's words now. I can come in and out as I please in God's presence. I have freedom to come and go. I have freedom to be myself. I have freedom to make all my mistakes, not just outside, but I can make my mistakes in here. And God will never judge me. True freedom is that God will never judge me. If God says, well, you can come in, but if you do it, oh, but, but, but that's, that's freedom. That's not freedom. <laughs> that's a bribe. That's God trying to say, I will only accept you if you do X, Y, and Z. God is saying, no, no, no. Jesus has so removed your sin, you are truly free. All right? So watch this. If you look into the perfect law of freedom and continue in it, and it's not for a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, again, it looks like he's not saying the same thing we are, but I'll show you. All this about doing, he ends chapter 1 with 26 saying what? If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So then right here, just based on this, what is a doer? It's someone who speaks. Because if you don't bridle your tongue, guess what? You're only a hearer. But if you have control over your tongue, then you're also a doer. Now, don't take my word for it. Everything must be proved in the presence of two witnesses, two or more. Correct? That's chapter one. Look at this in chapter two. Skipping ahead to verse 20. He says, but do you not know? But I'm sorry, but do you want to know, oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? See, Matthew, you have to do something. Ah, okay. Look at this. 21. Was not Abraham our father made righteous by works? There it is. When he offered Isaac his son on the altar. Wait a second. Wait a second. Where did God make Abraham righteous? Where did God make him righteous? Was he made righteous when he offered him? No. Where did God tell him he was righteous? When he changed his name. He said, Abraham, look at the stars. And Abraham, he said, can you count the stars? We shared this before. One day we'll do that. We'll reverse what Satan has tried to contaminate from God's people. One, one Sunday we'll do that. We'll, we'll break down the picture, the story, and the stars. Satan put it, horoscopes. God put a true story about his son. One day we'll do that. But regardless, as of right now, he said, Abraham, can you tell the story? Abraham saw the Virgo, virgin. He saw the Hercules. He saw half man, half God. Who was that? Jesus. And then he saw the lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe. He saw the story and Abraham believed. God said, good. Now you are righteous. Was he made righteous by works when he offered his son? No. But when he offered his son, he proved what was true inside of him. Are you with me? Now watch this. On the way up the mountain, what did Abraham say? Isaac said, Father, I see the wood. I see the fire, but I don't see the sacrifice. And Abraham looked at his son and said this in the Hebrew. So beautiful. I was going to add it, but too many slides. He looks at his son. He says, my son, God will provide himself the sacrifice. He was so convinced that God will not take my son, even if the knife comes down. God never wanted you in the first place. He will provide himself as the sacrifice for you. I love it. Now, where was Abraham made righteous? Back then. Where do we see the fruit of that righteousness? Right here. Are you with me? It's not what he did because he didn't even bring the knife down. It's in what he said. Watch this. Verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by his works, faith was made perfect? You can have all the faith in the world inside of you. But if you never open your mouth, that faith is dead. 
Let me tell you, in 2020, the Lord said this, and I'll, and I'll close with this. In 2020, the Lord said, I want you to hear, but I want you to speak. I want you to hear, but I want you to speak. I spent the whole sermon talking about hearing, and I'm closing with speaking because we'll talk about speaking later. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, I want you to hear, then I want you to speak. Hear, then speak. Watch this. Faith was made perfect. How? By speaking. If he never spoke, he can never help himself. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to manifest what you need. Hear, speak. Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. There, he was made righteous right there when he believed. And he was called the friend of God. One more, uh, one more story. Verse 24, you see then that a man is made righteous by works and not by faith only. What is the works? One more time. Speaking, speaking, speaking. You are not made righteous just because you said in your heart. Wow, that was a good sermon. <laughs> you have to open your mouth and say it. So then you see verse 25, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Again, another perfect example is not what she did, it's what she said. Because when they came, she said, we know about the Lord. She used that term. We know about the Lord, your God. We heard what he did at the Red Sea. We heard what he did to the king of Sihon and Og. We heard what God did. And we are absolutely terrified. <laughs> she just said out of her own mouth, your God is the Lord. He is the right one. Save me and my family. It's not what she did. It's what she said. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You can have all the faith in the world to move mountains. But if you don't open your mouth, it won't do you a hill of beans. That's an old school term for you. Now watch this. Last, last slide. Look at this. The Jewish New Year is the 5780. We are in the Jewish decade of 80s. All right. We are in the 80s. 5780. Seven, nine eyes, snake eyes. We talked about that. But we're in 80. 80 is pay. The number 80 is pay. For the next 10 years, we are in 5780s. 81, 82, 83, all the way up till we get to 5790. What does that mean? For the next decade, God is saying the anointing, the season, and the time you are in is a season of pay. Now, watch this. Do you know what the Hebrew letter pay? This is the Hebrew letter pay. It looks like this because to the Jew, they see a mouth. The picture that corresponds to the letter pay is a mouth. The Lord is saying there is a special anointing on speaking. Now, listen, now that you know it, now that you know it, <laughs> I'm telling you, open your mouth and speak like never before. Open your mouth and declare like never before, because you are in a season where God is saying, hear me and speak. Hear me and speak. Hear me and speak. He said, well, Matthew, I'm not sure if I'm hearing the Lord. Then you have his word right here. Open it, read it, speak it. Read it, speak it. Read it and speak it. And just keep speaking like never before. Because I'm telling you, there is a special anointing now to speak like never before. And everyone said, amen. Let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Again, Father, we thank you. In fact, let's do something this morning. Some of you might not have brought your list. Did you bring your list this morning? We didn't pray for it last week. Did you? You still have it? If you have it, great. If you don't, don't worry. You can lift it up at home. We'll do it as a church. While you're getting that out, Father, we just thank you this morning for your truth. Lord, I thank you that even as the Apostle Paul preached grace and you confirmed it. Father, I ask that you confirm the message of your grace this morning with signs, miracles, and wonders that follow everyone in this church. Everyone in this church, Father, at work, may miracles happen for your people. In our homes, may your favor manifest 
Father, wherever we find ourselves this coming week, may your grace manifest like never before. And Father, as we open our mouths and declare your truth over ourselves, as we open our mouths and declare, may the, uh, may the manifestation happen quickly, Father, to confirm that your word is true. So, Lord, we thank you for being who only you could be and doing what only you could do. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Do you have your list? Just do me a favor. Just hold it in front of you. Or you can hold it in your hands, however you want to do it. Heavenly Father, we submit these three things to you, Lord. Every year we do this because we're putting these things in front of you. We're letting you know that these things matter to us. But because they matter to us, we know that they matter to you. So, Father, we put these things into your hands. This year, we declare that we were letting go of these three areas. We're asking you to cover these areas. We're asking you to make these things happen for us because you love us. And, Father, this morning we're making a declaration out loud that we are not going to worry about these things. We are not going to stress out about these things. We're going to let these things go because we know that your hands are bigger and your hands are more capable than our hands. And Jesus, this morning, as we give these things to you, Father, I ask that any any opportunity to slip back into fear, any opportunity to slip back into trying to make these things happen. Father, I ask that you would remind them, send people, myself included, into our lives to remind us that we have to let these things go because we gave them to you. And Father, I thank you that you have a year to get it done, but it won't take a year. It won't take a year. Father, that it will happen quickly for everyone in here. And Father, I'm asking that by this summer that everyone would have a testimony, a testimony that you have checked off everything on the list because you are a loving Heavenly Father. And one more time, Father, I thank you that everything that we put on the list, even if it needs to be adjusted, Father, I thank you that the vision and the goals, the things that we put on those lists, they are bigger than anything we can do on our own. So, Lord, we submit it into your hands and we say, show yourself mighty in 2020. Show yourself mighty, Lord, in 2020. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Can you stand to your feet and lift your hands? Thanks for listening to Center Church Podcast. We trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to receive more of our content in the future, you can email us at centercharlotte at gmail.com or just visit our website at centercharlotte.org. Thanks for tuning in and may God's grace cover you in every area of your life.